are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 23. Clip blames a dry pitch. You don't, I know, nobody want to hear it, but I'm now try to be brave enough to say it. The pitch was really dry. <laughs> we started, we gave all water we had, and then after 15 minutes it was really dry, the wind and a little bit, and, and then it was difficult, you could see it, a lot of passes, you thought, why are they playing this, but it was difficult. So, in a possession game, you need to have the best, if possible, um, um, in a home game, especially, um, the, the, the best circumstances for the day was not. Club blames Fraser Forster. You saw what they did. Well, you need my say for it. They, that it's not like I understand how you should handle a situation like this, but on this side people will say it was very smart because Millie missed afterwards. On the other side people will say it's not like sportsmen should work. So I don't know. That's how it is. It took a long time. It's not nice. Um, but at the end, two yellow cards for them. But with this delay and with the time play of Southampton, and I don't know how long Foster needed in all together for his kicks. Four minutes, I have to say, that's ambitious. Club blames broken headsets. Oh, we, had only, we, had, we had three, four situations which the fourth official saw exactly like we did. For example, the, 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 the shot from Emery was a clear corner, and but the headset didn't work anymore. So that's then, and I thought maybe, maybe you can give another sign. Club blames the same style of play. Enough to win, but it was a difficult game. Huh? So Southampton played, um, I think, uh, really unlikely for them. Wanted to come here and get somehow any a point or, or more. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with uh, defending over 90 minutes because they didn't create anything. Yes, they had one or two kind of counter-attacks, but not with real finishes. It was, we had the hard job to do. And finally, Milner blames himself. Don't say. Yeah, very obviously three three left, and we knew um, we only had maximum points and didn't do that today. We, um, you know, probably did enough to win the game. Um, obviously, the penalty, uh, and my fault probably that not, we, we didn't get the three. Definitely my fault. So that was disappointing, but um, you know, I have to live with that. Oh, welcome to the forecast, episode number twenty-three. The Forecast is the official podcast of four fields of Enfield Road. We are at foresight.com. That's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E dot com. We are a great international community of Reds. And our site features all kinds of articles, um, news, opinion pieces, match reports, player ratings, videos. Hey, you name it, we have it. If you haven't already checked us out yet, you're welcome to do so. Um, you'll also find this podcast on the website as well as iTunes and uh, Google Music Play. Oh, is it Google Play Music? I always get confused. But yeah, a whole host of variety um, of uh, pod- podcast platforms are available for you to listen to this, uh, to this show. Um, my name is Joe. Thank you for joining us. And we, well, most of us are reporting for duty. Uh, say hi, Vez. Hi. And say hi, Keith. Hi there. Say hi, Christian. Hi, everybody. And say hi, Mental. And yes, he is Mental. Hey, guys. <laughs> okay, guys. Are we ready to rumble? Definitely. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> well, after listening to that intro, <laughs> I have a lot to say now. No, not really. <laughs> 
sounded like Vigo have equalized. Uh, <laughs> I, they have. I, they... I, I almost thought it was Mourinho doing the, uh, the the interview at the moment. Didn't realize it was Klopp. <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard to recognize uh, Klopp. Um, he's coming across rather Brendan Rodgers-esque. Brendan-esque, uh, let's put it this way. Um, after the after the weekend, um, started blaming so many things and people and circumstances. Um, some of which, well, a lot of which, a lot of it were beyond his control. Um, what do you? What's your take? Um, do you think he's uh, losing the plot here, or he's just grasping at straws? What do you think? I think I think he's being a bloody big girl's blouse at the moment. The only thing he didn't mention was Grichek's hair gel. Uh, if he didn't have enough ha- more hair gel, then he would have got that last header. I mean, it's pathetic. Draw from dry pitches to Foster's antics. Grow up, man. We, 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 we weren't good enough on the day. Um, he got it wrong tactically. Uh, he didn't change quick enough. He didn't bring certain people on uh, to actually have an impact on the game. And we were too defensive. He was more worried about losing the game than he was about winning the game. And when he actually woke up and said, uh, maybe we should attack a little bit more, it actually was too late. So, mm-hmm. And then he blames everything but himself. No, sorry. This is the first time I actually disagreed with Klopp and didn't like what I heard. heard. Okay. Um, okay, let, let's, look, let's look at some of these, these things that he was blaming, okay? Um, dry and fuel pitch. So we already knew that this was, this was an issue from... Um, from Brendan Brendan Rogers' time, uh, you know, he, he says that um, you know the pitch is really bumpy, gets dry, uh, especially when there's um, you know in high wind kind of situations. Um, and and recently they've announced that uh, at the end of the season, well, practically after the on the last day and the, the day after, they're gonna rip the whole turf up and they're gonna um, install new uh, pitch uh, at Anfield. So it should once and for all finally. Um, solve this this thing about the, about the pitch, but again, this is a, this is a, they're not un, too unfamiliar with the with Anfield the the pitch. I mean, you know, it's just suddenly come up and you know he wasn't complaining about it in other games that um, we've lost or won. Um, it just seems to conveniently pop up now. Why? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think he's he was frustrated because um, uh, that's. You know, the, is it the last three home games now we've slipped up? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there was a lot of frustration there, um, mm-hmm. and he, he actually qualified it. He said, you know, he said he was he couldn't work out why players were doing certain things, mm-hmm. and it was because the pass they couldn't get the passing going that they wanted to. Um, so, and the, I think the difference about the work they're going to do this summer is they're taking up the the high the entire structure of the pitch and putting new irrigation and a whole new subsurface in yeah. whereas the previous summers they just do a bit of re, a bit of reseeding uh, they, mm-hmm. yeah. they use a, stitch, a stitching machine mm-hmm. and they add, add in a one or two percent of artificial grass into the existing existing pitch so it's, it will be quite extensive the change mm-hmm. um, and it is very overdue apparently it's they say it's supposed to have a 10 year life and we're into 17 years or something now with this with this pitch so there is quite a lot of work to happen, but I think it's the frustration. So if you if you look at um, we keep dropping points, right? Southampton, Palace, and Bournemouth. I think those are they. I think, although there's the last three home games. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Uh, so yeah. Is it mm, okay? 
you know, and he, um, I think what he said, if you go back, if you go back to, I, I can't remember exactly when he said it, it's probably somewhere around Everton or so, he said, we've got to stop thinking about playing a Liverpool way, mm-hmm. we just need to get results. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was, it was we've got to do things differently here because we've got to get over the line, essentially. Yeah. And uh, what had happened is our, our points per game had really plummeted through, uh, started to decline in December and uh, went really bad in January and a bit of February. Yeah. So, and what he had in front of him was a whole host of uh, players missing mm-hmm. that he relied on. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, a, a, a running with teams that, you know, were basically going to concentrate on blocking yeah. rather than playing. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it was basically saying we've got, we've got to play differently, mm-hmm. and uh, and you presumably you do rely on your home games to a certain extent. I think this game it came down to uh, re- really not wanting to lose. It, it was out. I mean, if you had a strategy sheet. If he writes out a strategy sheet for a game, the top line of it would be "Do not lose this game." Yeah. And, uh, so, Samson have shown how they, they can block, yeah. and then they can run away and, and counter and get goal because the last two times we played them, they've won one nil. Right. Yeah. So I think that was kind of the overriding thing. Whatever else happens, do not lose this game because we're actually in a position. Um, as it turns out, I think we're actually a point better off compared to uh, United and Arsenal than we were. About ten games ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, on the on the previous show, um, I said um, we don't want the Saints to end up be- becoming a bogey team. Um, looks like they are a bogey team like now. Um, <laughs> unable to score a goal, unable to defeat them, um, and but others, other teams don't have a problem defeating them, uh, and. I wouldn't say they rolled over to Arsenal. Um, is it yesterday? Was it the game? Um, but you know, Arsenal did the job. So it's just uh, we've seen this pattern, haven't we? All through the season, not just the Saints yeah. and, and all these other teams. Um, these other teams just tend to find another level, especially when they're playing Liverpool. They just find extra motivation. It's, it's as if they they notice a, a chink in the armor and say, "We can we can exploit this." And they all do, yeah. inevitably. But Joe, there was nothing wrong with the pitch when we beat Leicester at home 4-1, Cheer. we beat Hull at home 5-1, we beat uh, Watford at ho- uh, home 6-1. Nothing wrong with the pitch then. Uh, born, uh, you know, so, you know, it's very convenient. Stoke at home 4-1. Uh, all of a sudden now it's the pitch is too dry. I mean, come on. Let's all front up and man up here. Um, there's excuses and excuses. If we're going to go more defensive and we're not going to attack them at home, we're not going to score as many goals as we did when we went out full blazing and, 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 and actually got in their faces and attacked. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's, he's been too cautious at the moment. He's scared to change it uh, and he's scared to lose. Instead of where's, the, where, where's that no fear style of play that we, we had in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I think he's more frustrated with his own ineptitude uh, and his own tactical uh, m- uh, uh, mistakes that he's making at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not paying off. He's keeping players on too long. He's, he's not changing formations or he's not changing personnel quick enough. Uh, I mean, we could probably pl- have played six games against Southampton and still not scored at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Just um, just a side note about that. 
Uh, sorry, I, Christian. Yeah. I, I strongly disagree with Keith uh, at this point. Okay. Um, I think uh, Keith, you are overly, har um, overly harsh um, with Klopp um, because I mean we l we lost the last two games against the Saints, and uh, as far as I rec can recall, um, I we could have lost by three goals to nil in in the last game against the Saints. I mean we we were caught on the counter so many times. Um, when I remember correctly, I. I mean, Klopp played a very cautious approach, and defensively that worked well. We didn't, we, we didn't produce anything offensively, and it was hugely disappointed to watch. Disappointing to watch. I agree with that, but um, it, I think, I think Klopp knows exactly that he doesn't get far with this team without certain key players, and they don't play in any way according to his style. I mean, that's two different worlds what we see um, compared with the club style of uh, both Mainz and Dortmund. It simply doesn't work. And he has to put in an extremely cautious approach um, because he doesn't have the players for that. With, with the fullbacks not, not pacey enough and he, he cannot play his style at all. Mm -hmm. So he some, somehow has to get over the line. Now, the second point was the alleged excuses. It's not about finding excuses he just tries to find a way uh, uh, find a way away from criticizing the players because that's the last thing Klopp does throwing his players under the bus and he knows exactly what they have done wrong I mean he and his team they are no idiots he just tried to to um, to draw the attention or get the attention of the public away from criticizing the players he just I didn't wonder that. It's, it's all it's good and well you're defending you're defending Klopp right now. But Lalana played, what, 70, 80 minutes the last game and had a massive influence after Coutinho went out. Yet this time he gave him less than 30 minutes. The other thing is you say we haven't got pace on the wings. We have actually got pace on the wings and the fullbacks. He just doesn't play them. So it's all yeah. good and well uh, uh, to, to say uh, I'm being overcritical, but we have certain people in the squad, on the bench, that can make a difference. There's, there, there's some youngsters that can come on uh, in the form of, uh, of Kent, Woodburn, uh, Ojo, and play, play, players like that, that have got pace, that can stretch the teams wide. There's mm -hmm. Trent Alexander on the left, on the right-hand side, that can, can give us another dimension. He was fine enough to play against Manchester United uh, and did well against Manchester United. So why not give him a run out when it's stalemate against a Southampton side at home, if you can play but against Keith, Manchester United away. Keith, uh, no, no, hold Keith, on one second. You have then, provided, a, yeah, you have provided on, yeah. a perfect example with Lalana. But, Keith, we all should know that as soon as Lalana is fully fit and firing, Klopp will play him right from the start till he's nearly smashed. Okay, but yeah. then why does he play him for 70 minutes the week before and 20 no, minutes the, when we need it? Keith. Keith, uh, no, we were forced into it the week before, but the, the journalists have already come out and said that uh, uh, he had overplayed that game, and uh, so it was, a, it was a it was a cautious it was a medical thing that they that they couldn't play very much uh, on this game. So I think Melissa Reddy came out and said that they had talked to they talked to them midweek. Mm. That's exactly what I have guessed. Uh, let me. Lana was not fully fit. Yeah. Okay, let, let, me just, um, let me just direct it a little bit more here. Um, okay, so Christian, you said um, Klopp doesn't want to... He doesn't get, get into this mode where he blames players, you know, he, he tries to take the heat away from them, okay? Yeah. Um, then uh, 
you have you have an alternative approach. Um, don't want to mention his name on the show. Uh, this other manager in this other club that we all hate and despise <laughs> and loathe. Um, they, his approach is, you know, he's been taking every opportunity this season to attack his players. Now we we come out and say that's you know that should not be the way. You know, it should affect the morale of the player, so on and so forth. The funny thing is, from a results perspective, he seems to be getting some reaction. It boggles the mind. I don't know how this works. Um, but the, the players that he's criticized have stepped up. Most of them, I think. Yeah, a lot of them have stepped up. Even, even uh, uh, a certain uh, fullback um, before, you know, before his season ended again uh, prematurely. But maybe, yes, I, I think um, on a, philosophically, I think I disagree that, um, you know, we should be looking to blame players. But these guys, uh, for lack of a better word, have been bottling it again and again against sides from the lower half of the table. So maybe, maybe it is time to start pointing some fingers. Vez, what do you think about this? Vez has gone well, to sleep. Honestly, he's thinking. I won't pretend to be an expert on psychology. I'm not sure what what the right approach would be on on this particular thing. Uh, personally, I like that Klopp uh, tends to take the full blame on himself. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I would have done too in his place. But uh, whether it's the right approach, I, none of us can say for sure. Uh, as for his uh, player choices and, and strategies and tactics, um, I believe he misses Henderson very much in that midfield, even more so than Mane in attack, I think. Uh, mm, okay. He is very used to having... He's very the used to right. ha- uh, having that, that uh, central midfielder that... Um, Counterpresses really fast and really well, and that's what Henderson does brilliantly. He, his tack, tackles are almost impeccable every time, and uh, very quick when the opposition uh, gets the ball and charges forward on a counterattack. You always see Henderson there, and he makes that tackle and he gets the ball. Unlike Lukash, who will probably make a foul, uh, and. Um, the point is, when Henderson gets that ball and he, he actually catches the opposition moving in the wrong direction. As they charge for a counter-attack, uh, Henderson regains possession and the pass goes forward. That's often how we score goals against these uh, so-called lesser teams in the first half of the season. I mean, if you remember... Uh, Firmino's goal at, at the Liberty Stadium against Swansea. Mm-hmm. It was a free kick by uh, Coutinho that hit the wall. The players that, that formed the wall ran for the ball. Henderson was quicker. He got there first, put in a cross and caught the entire Swansea defense as they were coming out, trying to create some kind of an offside trap. And they did actually catch Lovren offside, but Firmino was running the other way and he just found him. That's Something that uh, a specific dimension that Klopp has been using this season a lot, 
and that's why Henderson was so important to him. It, that that is something that neither Lukash nor Emre Can have succeeded in in replicating. And mm, interesting point there. We need that influence. I I don't know. I I don't think we miss Hendo as much as we miss Mane though. Um, particularly with with regards to uh, beating teams like the Saints and, and such. Uh, but look, Joe, do uh, you remember the first goal that Mane scored against Spurs at Anfield? Let me review my video archive, hold on. That Wijnaldum <laughs> passed through the middle into space, yeah. Mane was making a, a brilliant diagonal run and okay. just caught him flat-footed and, and came against Loris one-on-one. Okay. That's something you can do when the opposition defense is playing a high line. Okay. But, but when you have eight or nine players in the box defending, it's it's much harder to find that space for for that that attack. Okay. In in that, you you need to find a way to outsmart them, to to make them come out of their box and then catch them by surprise. Okay. And that's something that, that Henderson has provided a lot of times. Okay. Um, okay. Um, now, Klopp has also blamed Fraser Foster for some shenanigans that he pulled um, just before Milner's penalty, which obviously he missed. Um, I think, uh, you know, Milner is hard done by. We blame him too much for that. His conversion rate has, has been very, very good. So he is allowed to miss one or two. Um, and I just unfortunately, he missed um, this one. Well, it's always a case where you don't want to miss any of them. And they're all critical ones. But okay, he missed. But the point was, um, Klopp again said, okay, Fraser Foster was taking too much time and he was trying to come up in the faces of our players and stuff like that. Um, do you think this is a sure. valid complaint, or I think we don't? You think we're too nice? We're too nice. No, Joe. Can you imagine what he would have said about Chrobla in Rome and Dudek in Istanbul, if that was the case? Dudek. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, I mean, Chrobla started it with his antics, mm-hmm. uh, and Dudek copied it. We won two European Cups because of it. Now yeah. we can't cry because the opposition goalkeeper tries to put us off. No. Uh, you know, we need to grow up. Uh, Milner's a professional. Uh, he, he shouldn't be. He said it wasn't. He didn't affect him, and it shouldn't affect him. He's mm-hmm. got to focus on what he's doing. He just chose the normal side, the the side that most people go to under pressure situations. Um, uh, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate because if a keeper's going to guess in a pressure situation, he's going to go to his right, because okay. that's a more natural way to slot it than it is to the other side. Uh, and, I, and I dreaded it when, when Milnes and the bloody commentators sat up and said he's been perfect all season. I said, oh, that's, there goes the curse. Mental, um, mental, do you think, <laughs> mental, do you think that we lack an edge? Well, yeah, he, he actually hasn't missed since 2009. That's the first penalty yeah. he's missed since 2009. Unbelievable. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just went a bit too regular. But it was unsporting behaviour, actually. One of the uh, ex-refs was... Uh, has talked about it, and he said, "No, it was it was um, consider, it would be considered unsporting behaviour, and actually he should have got booked for it." Um, so uh, that was interesting. I didn't think anything like that would happen, but uh, uh, what disappointed me was that um, none of the other players kind of got involved and got him out of there. You know, got 
got forced her out of there, just forced him back, hit him in the face with the ball or something, you know? Yeah, so, yeah that, that's why I asked the question. Do you think we lack an edge? I mean, we're too well, nice. We're sometimes, too nice. You know, we're very sometimes. skillful. We've got skillful players, good with the ball of the feet. All the stuff, the footballing stuff is quite good. It's the non-footballing yeah. stuff that they were not that good, great at, you know, coming up in yeah, players' no, faces. It's, it's not that we want our players to be like, you know, hooligans in a, in a schoolyard or something and start picking fights unnecessarily, but um, uh, it's still yeah, a man's you Chelsea, game. You look, at, you look at Chelsea, you look at United, and they're nasty, aren't they? They're nasty teams to play against, mm-hmm. and they take no prisoners and they don't care, you know, and they, um, they use every advantage they can get. Uh, um, I don't know, we, we don't sort of, there is something missing our team in terms of what we do you see individuals taking responsibility sometimes Mm -hmm. and they you know like Coots will just blamming shots from everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing but you don't I don't know there isn't this kind of um, there isn't this thing where you're going on the pitch and you're bloody well going to get those points you don't care what happens it'll be scorched earth until you've got the points and Mm -hmm. that's what we're all working for and we'll just mow down anybody in our way. And that doesn't really seem to exist, does it? Okay. Well, who we miss mental, if you, I don't know how old you are, uh, we miss uh, a Graham <laughs> Sooners type character. <laughs> we, uh, you know, so you bring that age. You bring that I don't know if you, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if you watched combo. the teams in the, in the, in the, in the 70s <laughs> because we had those characters. <laughs> We had those oh, characters. We, we, uh, Steve McMahon was another one who got stuck in. Uh, you know, so we had those characters. Uh, Gerard got stuck in. Yeah. Gerard didn't take any prisoners. We just need that. We, we don't have that steel or that bite that we had in all the teams that were good teams in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've always had that type of character where as soon as would actually put the boot in and, and, and not take any prisoners. Steve McMahon would do the same. We, we had the Tommy Smiths of this world. We, uh, Gerard also never took prisoners. We just seem a little bit lack of aggression, for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, we, yeah. I mean, there is the question, isn't there? We get to, we, we got, especially uh, it was under, under Rogers as well, we get to finals. Or we get close to finals or something, and then we, you know, bottle it. We don't actually go the, the last step. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, yeah, there's, there's kind of, or look for that grit, that, 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 that determination that's going to push you over the line. Yeah. And that doesn't seem, we haven't managed to do that. We haven't managed to show that. Yeah. So until we, until we, I don't know, until we make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this whole, this whole, this end of the season running, right? I think it is a fascinating, it is a fascinating end of the season thing. It's, um, because Klopp doesn't trust the defence. I, th- I think that's what I got out of the Southampton game. Yeah. He doesn't trust the defence. And it, uh, and if you think about it, especially with the opponents we're dealing with, he's right not to trust them. Okay, okay. Uh, so, Keith, we we, uh, we talked about two excuses that Klopp made already. He played a dry and filled pitch. Uh, he blamed Fraser Foster for his uh, gamesmanship. Um, who would you like to blame, Keith? Well, uh, it's a pity. It's a bit of a, a convoluted one. So just, just bear with me here. Yeah. Firstly, I blame Eric. Okay? You blame Eric? <laughs> no, he's, I, what did I, he do? I, 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 because Eric would have blamed Lucas. Eric. <laughs> 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 I'm quite happy with so you blaming Lucas. Okay, okay, okay. So, and 
Lucas had less effect on the game than Eric did. If Eric hadn't rated Milner so highly all the time, uh -huh. when he didn't have an end product, okay. fans would have been calling for, for, for Milner's head and he wouldn't have played. Coutinho would have taken the, the penalty and his favourite would have been to the other side, in the top corner, and we would have won. Wow. But... The ultimate person that I blame is Marino. If he wasn't so shit, he would have been playing instead of Milner, and Milner wouldn't have taken the penalty. So those are, those are my thoughts. Mm, makes a lot of sense. Okay, very good, very good. Yeah. Okay. At a point where he doesn't trust the defence, he is not putting Milner on, uh, Moreno on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, why I that's why I blame him. Okay, makes if sense. Trust makes sense. If he did trust uh, Moreno, he'd be on the pitch and Milner wouldn't have taken the penalty. I see. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Vez, who, who would you like to blame for Milner's penalty, miss? Well, I think I also think Moreno is the one to blame because of okay. that uh, water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> bottle flip. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that when, when he threw that water bottle around, juggled it. Yeah, I wouldn't call it juggling though, but uh, yeah, okay, I get what you see. <laughs> flipping, bottle flipping. Yeah, bottle flipping, right. And probably Milner just lost his focus while Moreno was doing that. I think that's, that explains the reason why he's getting all these tattoos, you know. He's just bored out of his mind. He's just yeah, bored. Yeah, so would you be. Yeah. Is he smart, is he smart enough to be bored? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, now we're really tearing the kid apart. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh. All right. Um, I, can just imagine, I can imagine him wandering around his huge mansion of a house. And when he gets bored, he just he comes screaming into the kitchen and does a Hong Kong fooey kick through the air. <laughs> oh, oh, talented Moreno. Okay. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's pick this again. You'll you'll all eat your words next year when he's the starting left back, and Klopp's been fooling you all. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if he if he stays next season? That's a weird one. And we thought we'd figure him out, figured him out. But okay. Um, another thing that Klopp blamed. Um, he said uh, he blamed Saints, the Saints themselves, and uh, and and their style of play, how uh, I, they how they set up, but. Um, you know, where do we start here? Where do we start here? And um, there's, what do you think went wrong? How, how, um, wh how are we setting ourselves up, you know, to fail or to not get the right result against teams like this who just content to defend, sit back deep? It seems like Klopp is keep, you know, keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day, you know. Um, what's gone wrong here? Well, it's very simple. We just can't find the, the right system to break them down. And as the game progresses, we get frustrated. Our, we, we lack concentration. And then if they get a set piece or something like that, then we're in trouble. And <laughs> it's, it's been proven a lot lately. So, Okay. Is it system vest or personnel? Oh, that, that's very difficult to say. Very difficult to say. I, I think there's uh, something in the, in relaying the message from the manager to the players, and for the players to keep that message in mind, not to get 
uh, frustrated, not not to get nervous, not to get anxious as as time goes towards the end of the game. The, we just need to stay calm, and if we don't score, okay, let's do it again. Let's try again, and but stay focused, stay focused, keep to the game plan, and we just might find a way to break them through. But if we get anxious, we get nervous, then we misplace passes, we uh, allow them to hit us on the counter, they get, mm-hmm. we give away silly corners and we concede silly goals and that's what's been happening. So so he, he's, he's stuck to his 4-3-3. Um, and again, same problems um, against the Saints before the game. Um, now, the 4-3-3 uh, has proven effective for us um, against teams that that like to play. But um, when you have a physical team, when you have a team that just sets out to defend, it, it most times it shows itself to be fruitless, especially if it's combined with uh, the lack of the, the, the right type of personnel to break down teams like... Uh, like the like Southampton, uh, they were well drilled, um, and they didn't allow any of our players a moment's peace on the ball, and they set up set themselves up with the low block um, system. So there is an important point here. Uh, I I don't think Firmino is the right player to lead the line against such teams. Uh, first yeah, of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Firmino, you have a player who is uh, a hard-working attacker who will press a lot, who will uh, take advantage of, of those uh, channels between the center backs and the full backs and stuff like that. But he's not the best of finishers. I mean, he's not at the level of, of a fully fit Daniel Sturridge. You know what I'm getting at. Yeah. But uh, when you play these teams, they, they don't play out from the back. <laughs> they never do that. They don't know how to do that, so they don't overcomplicate things at the back. They will always go long. And thus, you lose that that edge with that pressing. Also, those mm-hmm. channels are always shut tight. Yep. So you need a proper number nine striker. You need someone like Origi to, to start firing already. <laughs> I, I would like us to see it. I would like us to mm-hmm. You guys, you know, if you don't get the service and there's, uh, and there's no players around you, Sturridge didn't score either and he had Lolano on the pitch. Uh, and, and let's face it, we, we, we've played a lot of these teams uh, with Firmino uh, on the pitch uh, that we didn't score and Rigi was not on the pitch. So it's not a Rigi's fault that we can't break down the, peop- the teams that sit deep. Uh, it, it, I think it's more of a formation setup. I don't think uh, we, we, we attack enough. Um, I would like to see us play two, two up top in the diamond formation and, and, and give it a go and, and, and tell, tell somebody to sit deep and protect the back uh, so, remember, so we don't get caught in the brink. Do you remember uh, games last season against uh, Leicester and Sunderland at Anfield? Yeah. We won both of those 1-0. Do you remember who scored the winner? Who? Both, both times. Firmino. It was Yeah. It was ju- a game just like that. We couldn't c- create anything. They sat deep, they defended, they were content to, to keep it level, but Benteke found a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, 
that's where you have that number nine. And and we're talking about Benteke here, a player who who doesn't fit the system, but he found a way and he scored against tight defenses. That's that's when you need your number nine to produce. Yeah, no, and, I agree uh, with you. It's not that I'm blaming Origi. I, I mean, Origi will come good. I'm sure of it. And you're po- probably right that a, a two-striker system would give us a better chance of scoring. If one number nine isn't going to score, maybe the other one will. Well, so, yeah, um, ben, the, uh, Tekas, um, Origi, two different skill sets completely. And as much as Tekas wasn't a fit for our system, he was really useful in in the kind of a, you know, a route one type of um, model that you would probably need to adopt for teams against the Saints. Um, exactly. Whereas Divock, um, <clears throat> and as in, in as much as Keith likes to use the word physical approach, I have not really seen him ex- uh, exert himself physically, um, his physical frame. He's a big boy, but he doesn't seem to be winning physical battles. He doesn't seem to be that, 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 that doesn't be, seem to be that aspect of his game. Um, he's he's got to be more in terms of his hold-up play, his his pace. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we've been revisiting this point throughout the season it's, uh, and also last season where we talked about having a plan B. Do we need a plan B or do we need an alternate version of plan A? Uh, in my mind, I, I, I've settled on we don't need a plan B. You need to be, we need to be true to ourselves and if plan A doesn't work, we need to uh, have plan A uh, 2.0. You know, uh, at the moment, we just don't have width. We just don't have width. Um, injuries, of course, not, notwithstanding. But I think that's the way that seems um, you know, consistent with our philosophy um, to be breaking teams down this way. And that's how Arsenal, that's how Arsenal did it. That's how Arsenal beat the Saints as well um, in their game. So, yeah, that, seem, that, that should be our approach. Um, and we, we're missing key players, of course. We, we mentioned this not because as, as an excuse, but, uh, you know, the team kind of picks itself almost, you know. Um, I, have to, I have to do an update here. Uh, there's a mega scrap going on in the uh, United game. Kelter have equalised, yep. uh, as in... <laughs> the, yeah, they yeah. scored one goal. Yeah. So it's one one on the night. They're they're, they're still two one down. But there's been a mega scrap, and there's a Celtic guy on the floor with his face in his hands. Okay. Um, something's gonna come. And in the other game, Leon are now three one up on the night and four five down. Uh, wow. There's only about five minutes left wow. on each in each game. So it's game on in both of them, and there's something major happening in the scum game. Interesting. Fantastic news. <laughs> if it goes on like this, we will. Uh, open a bottle of champagne later on guys yeah <laughs> let's hope both of them go into extra time you know just want to lift you lift your mood we were, because we were just going down this the typical um liverpool road yeah yeah and everyone gets more and more depressed with touching more and more problems mm-hmm. yeah without seeing the whole picture from my point of view okay Ooh, two red cards two red cards in the man united game what uh Bellini and who else one, one to each team, one to each uh, uh, side. Okay. So, yeah, is that Bailly? Bailly, yeah. Yeah. Bailly, and I don't know, I don't know who the counter player is. Facundo. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's happened? Oh, he just, uh, just, just did a slow motion replay. It looked like he launched himself with, with the, the Celta Vigo player, like fist first or something. Wow. 
to go with the armband. So, well, you know, you'll have to watch that. You'll have to catch up with that later. Yeah, we were talking about players being nasty, but this is really taking it. Down <laughs> Exactly the same club again when we're talking about nasty players. Yeah, Christian, you, you were saying halfway. <laughs> you want to continue your point? Had this, I, and we are all are very concerned about the, the same issue time and again mm-hmm. about us not, not, not being able to break down deep sitting defenses. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, this team is not able to do that. Look at the, at, at the Arsenal, for example. Um, Arsen Wenger is always keen or has always been keen to buy technically gifted players and their passing game is very continental with low passing, very precise, very fast and they are very good at quick movements when you give them space mm-hmm. and those players are, are able to, to provide the width and they shift from left to right and to the middle quicker than the defense can, can do the reactive movement and we are extremely slow in that and our passing game is very sloppy. The players seem not to be capable of, capable of doing that. I mean, with us at, in, in Germany, for example, I'm not, not saying we are better than anybody anyone else, but my, my two youngest sons, they have both been playing at, at clubs for several years. And even on the countryside, the better clubs, they, they, they start training this, this quick pass and move sequence play um, at the age of 10, 11. And they're doing it thoroughly, yeah, from one level to the next and this is essential part of the game. And when I started watching Liverpool, when, when Klopp took over mm-hmm. in October 15, yeah, he started with this pressing game, winning possession, and then we hoofed the ball forward to give possession away again. It was ridiculous. And we have never, we have never shown any signs of being able to provide that quick passing game, that quick attacking, counter-attacking, that is essential to Klopp's game. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should keep in mind that, prob- that probably Klopp knows exactly that this team will never, in this, without major reinforcements, will never be able to provide that sort of game, which is also essential, these technical capabilities, mm-hmm. to, to open up um, a deep-sitting defense. Because the passing game is too slow, both movement and passing itself, and not precise enough, and the shifting is much too slow as well, especially with both Lalana and Henderson missing. And so Vess was, um, I think it was Vess or was it, was it Keith, who said that Manet is less key, or, or he, um, Henderson is more missed than Manet. And I, I totally agree with that. The, the midfield, in fact, is the, the engine. It provides both a cover for the defense as well as the, um, yes, say the, the sparks for the attack. And uh, bashing players like Origi, or if, if Sturridge is the better player up front, or Firmino is that is secondary. If the if the if the um, the supply chain from the midfield is not given, yeah, you can you can put in Messi uh, or Ronaldo up front. He will never get a ball. Mm-hmm. He will never get at the end of, of any ball because I no don't know how you it. guys feel. Uh, in, in, I always was taught if a if a team sits deep and sits narrow. You've got to stretch them. Yeah, yeah. you've got to take way, the ball yeah. out wide. Exactly. You've got to have the speed out, speed out wide. You've got to pull them out. Yep. Get the ball into the box and get bodies into the box. Yep. Then anything can happen. If we don't get the ball into the box and we don't have bodies in the box, nothing's going to happen. For I'm guarantee. With you. That's that's I'm the, with you. the only guarantee. So if we haven't, and let's face it, Klein is terrible in the final third, and Milner, you know, my grandmother on a walk is faster than Milner <laughs> going down the left. <laughs> 
and, and, and so if we don't if we don't put people like Trent, like somebody else, Woodburn, Ojo, Moreno down the left and stretch the defense out wide and get Ginny, get Can, get people bombing into the box, we're going to struggle against teams that sit deep. We, it's um, so very, very difficult to pass through teams that are narrow and deep. I don't um, care how me, gifted you are. Keith, you are absolutely right. But let me add one final thing. Can you, can you all recall or do you all remember that, uh, from my personal impression, Liverpool Football Club is the only team where the fullbacks move forward until, say, 20 yards uh, away from, from the goal line, and then they stop and pass back. Nobody tries to break through to the goal line and, and provide the appropriate cross from there because they are too slow. And, and exactly. Might, yeah. would, this, is, this, is killing, this is killing any flank movement, any wing movement. And that's, that's, why I, I was fr that's why I'm frustrated with when we've got a, a guy like Trent Alexander on the bench who is great yeah. attacking and teams are sitting deep. We don't need the defense that much. Rather drop a Ginny back to cover and let a Trent Alexander bomb forward and let a, a Moreno bomb forward to create that width and speed and try and break down and then make, even if you drop Chan and Ginny back to cover. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, and that, that's exactly right. That's why we're never talking about potential new buys for summer on the right back. We're always talking about left back. Mm -hmm. and we're always linked with left backs but never with right backs because TIA will, will be the next one. But... He doesn't come. He doesn't come on the field as a starter, because Klopp does not only not trust the defense. He doesn't trust the midfield because the midfield has to provide the cover. And if he if he was confident, if he was confident that the midfield, yeah, would do the job properly and confidently, he could ex uh, do some experiments with Trent. But because he cannot trust the cover from midfield, he can neither bring Moreno again, nor bring TAA on in mm -hmm. such important games. Full stop. I think there's, there's an important uh, problem here with, with what you say, Keith, about, about uh, when you said uh, with them sitting deep and narrow. The problem is they don't really sit that narrow. When you look at what they do when they defend, uh, their fullbacks tuck in. And yes, they do sit narrow they're back four. But then you have their wingers who act as, as proper fullbacks. And you get a, a line of six at the back, which is enough, enough uh, of a number to, to cover the whole width of the pitch. But when that happens, Ves, you've got to get to the byline. You either cross or pull back. So you have two, you have two sets of people running. One for the near post, one for the far post, one hanging back, and and, yeah, well, and you're going to you go you're going to mismark somebody at some point if you have uh, your full backs getting to the okay. byline and either a crossing or cutting player, back. A wide pacey player is definitely would make a difference in that situation. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just saying it's not that that simple. They don't just tuck in and allow you to to exploit that that wide space. They close it down too. So. Yes, you do need a pacey player there to beat his man. And then, yes, then anything can happen. But I would uh, just like us to try it in the last 30 minutes. Yeah. I would just like us to try something different in the last 30 minutes uh, because for the, the, for the first hour, 
it's obviously not working against these teams. Yet we, 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 don't, we don't change it up enough to try and break them down. We just carry on, carry on, carry on. Mm. And when yeah, you it's try to imagine... Hmm? Yeah. yeah. And when you try to imagine you were Klopp and you cannot really trust the defense and you cannot trust the midfield, then you don't make any more experiments because you, take, you have the responsibility and if you would have caught a counter in those early stages... Or later on, if it was when it was still nil nil and we couldn't score the penalty, yeah, and you, it's all, yeah, it's really extremely tight. You do not run the risk because of that lack of confidence in your own team, which is, of course, yeah, okay. founded on on okay. the reasons. Okay, he's got an excuse there. Okay, I, I I'll agree with you there, Christian. I, but there's no more excuses going to West Ham. There's no dry pitch at West Ham. There's no bumpy grass at West Ham. <laughs> And we can't afford to draw. Uh, we cannot afford to draw against West Ham. So we have to win the last two games. Yeah, absolutely unless, right. Unless, unless Arsenal drop points at Stoke, then we can get a draw at West Ham. But if he still plays the same way when we need a win, I'll be extremely pissed off. Okay. Um, okay, and I'm going to be waiting with bated breath as Christian attempts to be funny. So, Christian... Who do Me? you blame? Who do you blame for our defensive problems? Who would you like FSG. to blame? FSG. You definitely. like to blame FSG, is it? FSG, yes. I have learned uh, in the Echo and uh, in other blogs that FSG is responsible <laughs> for everything. And uh, you cannot get, get around that. FSG has to be blamed, yes. Ah, okay. Um, another, thing, another thing that uh, has been quite obvious is um, Klopp's reactive substitutions. Uh, we've mentioned it time and again. Uh, he's been making uh, substitutions way too late um, in a game that, in games where substitutions and change needed to happen, but um, it just didn't come or it just didn't give the player being brought on enough time to 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 make a difference. Um, and, and we are screaming our heads off uh, during the game. Is this is this a problem? Is this a problem now that? Klopp is, he just doesn't like to make substitutions or what? No. Um, I've, seen, I've seen myself at, at Dortmund when a game was not running the, um, as it should um, um, at Signal Iduna Park at halftime. It was, uh, it was still a draw against, uh, say, a lower mid-table team and Dortmund was used to win most of their home games. Um, he brought uh, <laughs> two players after halftime, which were Götze and Lewandowski. And the commentator, I still remember his words. He, he's rolling the Ferraris out of the garage. And um, he, he, Klopp makes, makes uh, decisive um, substitutions early when he has the confidence in the team. And I, my, my impression is that he, does not, he cannot judge exactly which players let him down yeah, and which players he can trust in in certain situations. And so he hesitates to do that. I, I'm absolutely with you and all the other... Um, um, guys who criticize him for that. I'm. I also, I also have waited for a very long time for earlier substitutions to make. But he's obviously reluctant to do that because of his con lack of confidence in the team or certain players there. But Christian Gruich is his player. Yes, he, he brought Gruich in. Yes. Ginny, let's face it, Ginny was the the scholar Pimpernel. I, I didn't even know he was on the pitch at the most of the time because I never heard his name. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now you see him, now you don't. I didn't even see him. So, 
why only give Gruich five minutes? Surely he's worth a 20-minute, 15-minute, 20-minute run out. Christ, he nearly scored in that five minutes. Can you imagine if he had more opportunities? He's a good player. He's a big player. He's Absolutely. a physical player. And, and, and I just don't understand the, the, the lack of faith in a player that he wanted and that he brought in. Why not give him 15? Why not give him um, 20 minutes? But when Grujic started, the first, the first, um, or when he, he, when he played for the first time or the first few times for, for Liverpool, he showed a lack of confidence and a lack of physicality and lack of commitment to physically engage uh, opponent players. He is a very good player. He has great talent and he, we have already, we had already seen that in the pre in preseason. But, um, then he, um, first of all, he lacked confidence and he admitted himself, Grujic, Marco Grujic himself, admitted that he he's still has to learn a lot of of, um, of things about the English game, the Premier League game, and and how games are to be played and how players have to act in, on the pitch. All right, and um, I see. He he's, he's been doing quite okay. He's been doing quite okay in the under-23s now. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, some, uh, Mike Garrity, I think, was it Mike Garrity was saying that, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a good future ahead of him, um, someone to watch out for. Um, I want to talk about somebody, someone else. Um, I want to talk about Wijnaldum. He hasn't really been um, been in the in the good lights, has he? He's not really been putting in uh, decent performances in the past uh, two games. He's been rather anonymous. But before you get into, um, let's not point fingers at him because you know if he's not doing well, then that means other players are not doing well, and someone has to step up, guys. But um, what's wrong with Ginny? He's just been. We, you know, we played at home, so there's no excuse where he said, "Okay, uh, Ginny doesn't perform away from home." So, you know, he's just he's just not step, stepping up consistently for us. It's the wrong it's the wrong type of game for for him. I mean, uh, Ginny's a link player, and he's and he's very very good at it. You know, he reads the game. You know, when it's a when it's a very much a midfield game, he reads the game, he positions himself well, he receives the ball, and he moves it on very quickly and he's very very good at it and he's uh, hardly ever gives the ball away doing it either but when when the opposition uh, you know are sticking two lines of players back in their own half he he's kind of a bit redundant really you get Emre Chan and Lucas they're both kind of moving around moving backwards and forwards quite a bit and they carry Emre carries the ball a lot Lucas takes 18 touches before he does anything um, and then he, he passes the ball Eric, forwards. You're here. But, <laughs> um, and it's you know what Henderson does is he he gets the ball and 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 within three nanoseconds he's passed it on and it'll only be a seven yard pass but he'll pass it on and move it on and he'll say give it back to me give it back to me and he'll get it back and then he'll pass it on again and the ball usually doesn't go very far um, but he gives it to someone else to to go and take it away somewhere. And so that fits very well with um, with Genie. But this kind of game, Genie's kind of he, he's he, his role gets he gets very confused about where he needs to be because Emery's always going backwards and forwards. So Genie's stuck between um, having to stay back and help protect and uh, moving forward because there's no link play to be done. So he may as well go further forwards, mm -hmm. right? So he's kind of stuck between two stools there because of the responsibilities he's got. Um, I think you can't emphasise too much how much Klopp didn't want to lose that game. It was absolutely critical mm -hmm. that he didn't want to lose that game. I think yeah. he, I think Klopp thinks we only need 74 points. 
um, myself, and that and that's the way he's playing at the moment. But uh, I, no, but he, uh, I, what I would have liked to have seen is so, uh, someone like Genie or probably Emery actually more, better suited to it um, to have moved up forwards with Divock mm-hmm. uh, off to one side of the penalty box, and I would have liked to have seen us make some aerial balls in in over the uh, two lines of. Uh, of Southampton players, mm-hmm. because you know, the, as soon as the, the hilarious thing about what's been happening um, with Lucas getting these assists is that playing through the teams isn't working, and Lucas comes in, lobs the ball into the box, creates panic, and you know we've got a, we've got a wonder goal and we've had a penalty out of it, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the defenders suddenly turned around, they're suddenly having to, they, suddenly they can't hold that line anymore. And uh, and it causes uh, causes a bit of problem, a bit of chaos because they're very comfortable with us trying to play th- using Coutinho and right. trying to run through these two lines. They're very comfortable with that, yeah. but it's not working. And uh, so I was I was a bit frustrated. We didn't try some more aerial balls. Um, but that's where the point is that Milner on the one side is the worst crosser of the ball because he always cuts back onto his right, so he gets everybody set. And then Klein can't miss the the defender. He actually hits the defender more than he crosses the ball. <laughs> the, no, those, yeah. no, the, the crosses, crosses from wide isn't the same thing. The crosses, the the the, the, the line of defence is very well set up mm-hmm. to clear balls that come in from the sides, from Milner or from exactly. Klein. Right, right? Exactly. It's, it's the balls that come from the, more centrally and uh, are slightly diagonal to the corners of the boxes. They go over the top, and that forces the defenders to turn around. That's what's been causing people problems. Yeah, um, and like I say, we've we've actually. Got a benefit out of it, and we should have won that game from that as well. Right. Um, so I wish we'd we'd do a bit more than that. That's that's what we haven't been doing, um, and uh, it's a bit frustrating, really, because like I say, Lucas has done it, and uh, and it produced results. Yeah. That's something Henderson um, does very often. Yeah, he, I think Henderson works on this thing where we have three or four passes, and then he's instructed to play us uh, to switch play to the other wing. So he does his long passes. You know, because he watched DVG do them, so he likes to do them. Yeah, <coughs> we were sorry, we were we were talking about Genie Van Alden. Yeah, um, I just just one 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 thing I want to say is, if you look at this run of games where he said we've got to win ugly, all right, what's actually happened in those in all these games is we've we've actually been in a winning position in every game, other than the Stoke game. And the state game, we had to come from behind and we actually won it. But every single other game, including the Southampton game, we got ourselves into a position where we should have won the game. Now, we dropped we dropped a, a bollock against Bournemouth with that late goal. Um, we, we fell asleep during the Palace game and the whole team should have been fired into space after that Palace game. It was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Um, and then Southampton, we missed the penalty, right? But if you, if you look at... If you look at Almost all all of those three games, these are those are the home games. The games problems. They're they're avoidable problems. They're correctable problems. But every game in this run-in, where he said we have to just get over the line, we've put ourselves in a position to win the game. So so Klopp's idea of how to get through has actually worked. It's just the execution hasn't worked in those three games. I actually feel that our worst performance was against Watford, but fortunately they. Were- they were worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're just going to go for a short musical break. And uh, when we return, we'll look at uh, our upcoming game against West Ham and also um, the permutations of what needs to happen 
for us to qualify for the Champions League, for the Champions League, or to finish in the top four at least. Um, yeah, so stick around and we'll be right back. Okay, so, um, so again, uh, a lot of this stuff is um, in our in our hands, uh, how we do, and um, but it's not also in our hands in a way. Um, we have to get a result against West Ham. We can't lose. We can't lose this game, right? We can't lose this game. Um, we can't draw it either. We can't draw it either. So we also need. Um, okay, so how, how, how does this go? So, uh, so we need to win, right? Um, but if Arsenal... Arsenal have two games in hand, am I right? Arsenal have two games in hand. Uh, Manchester United have uh, one game in hand. So if we... I think Arsenal too have one game in hand now. Yeah, they, got, they've got, they play Stoke away. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, a biggie for us. That that is the biggie for us, Stoke away, Joe, yeah. um, and they play before us. So I think Klopp might change his game plan if Arsenal don't get a re- and they, now they've played quite a few games in a row. Mm-hmm. So their players are going to be a bit tired. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting if they get a result against Stoke. We've got to go hell for leather, and we've got to beat we've got to beat West Ham. There's no there's no two ways about it. Uh, we win our last two games. We're in the Champions League. Simple as that. If Arsenal drop points against Stoke, we can afford a draw against West Ham and beat Middlesbrough at home. Yeah. Okay, so if Liverpool beat... Yeah, um, yeah. if Liverpool beat West Ham... Sorry, let me finish. If Liverpool beat West Ham, so we qualify for Champions League um, and also for results results to go our way. Um, Arsenal, if Arsenal were to lose their next two games against the Saints and Stoke... Don't see the, well. They lost. They won against no, the Saints, no, but Saints. Uh, I guess, it, yeah, yeah. Right. They've got Stoke, Stoke and Sunderland and away. Sunderland, yeah. And then and then Everton at home is their last game. Yeah, but still, they they couldn't mathematically catch Liverpool if we if we won our remaining two games. No. Um, yes. Yeah. And the maximum maximum points available is seventy four for United. Yeah. Seventy five for Arsenal. Seventy six. Seventy six for, for us. Yes. Yeah. And that's seventy eight for City. So we we expose ourselves if we draw one uh, draw to West Ham. We expose ourselves to Arsenal potentially winning out and overtaking us. Okay, so what? what okay, let's 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 look at the scenario. If we right. if we Coming lose or we draw, let's look at the scenario. No, if no, we lose or we draw. If to we draw to West Ham, draw or lose. If we draw, yeah. No, if we draw to West Ham, we we can only we we. we yeah, we, we, we go down to 74, then Ars- and if Arsenal wins their last three games, they're on 75. Yeah. Then if United yeah. win their last three games, which is unlikely against Spurs, they'll also finish on 74. Mm. Yeah. So we can't afford to. Uh, the, the big critical, the good thing from our perspective is that Stoke plays, they play Stoke away on Saturday. So we know exactly what we have to do. I can't see Arsenal losing away to Sunderland. They relegated... Uh, maybe Moyes can do us a favour, and then Everton at home also. 
Uh, I would They're like to bank my house on that. We're <laughs> playing Sunderland home. Oh, I've got it away. Is, are you sure? Yeah, I'm just looking at it uh, on the Premier League okay, site. I must, have, I must have written. I must have missed. I must have missed. Uh, put that one down. Oh, it is. Okay, so I've got it away. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So that's at home. So let's face it. If they lose to Sunderland home, everybody will laugh. Yeah, of course, yeah. but they don't. They yeah. So, so Stoke is the only potentially uh, slippery uh, banana skin, and Stoke really haven't got much to play for. So, you know what? Let's just go and win our last two games and take everything out of the equation. Yeah, Stoke, Stoke have been that. appalling this spring. Stoke have been yeah. terrible this spring. So we just can't yeah. bank on that, unfortunately. Um, so, and West Ham are going to be a really tough proposition because West. Yeah, Ham, I'm not uh, looking forward uh, to that. They've got this new formation. They're playing a three at the back, and it's working well. Yep. They're, they're, I don't think they've conceded the goal for ages. or so They haven't lost a game for four or five games. Uh, it's working really, really well for them. And, of course, they beat Spurs last week, last Friday night. Yeah. Um, so, it's you know, we're going to have a really tough time. Yeah. I think really. it's Hence very, my frustration. Very, I think it's frustration very difficult. This week. It's yeah. not impossible to predict what's going to happen. Uh, Sunderland have been the worst team in the league and they are deservedly in the last place and as soon as they got positively relegated they went and won away to Hull who had every, everything to play for and needed, needed those points de desperately and if there was one game where they, they were going to get points it was at home against Sunderland and they lost <laughs> so that's, that's the Premier League for you you never know. The West Ham also didn't have anything to play for against Spurs. They did. Uh, we yeah, but that's the London derby. That's a, that's a London derby rivalry. But we all remember what happened when, when we played Crystal Palace in 13-14 in season. Right? They didn't have anything to play for and we needed those points like, like for our lives. We were chasing the title. And we were three 0 up. <laughs> Does anyone feel confident that we will we will get the six points? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. no, oh, you can't. You can't, can you? You, you? It's impossible to feel confident about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. West Ham away. I, I think we'll beat Millsborough at home fairly comfortably. Mm -hmm. I'm really worried about this West Ham away. I, I actually think being away from home is going to help us. I think. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I, I hope so. It's, you know, we'll we'll need to be we'll need to be a little bit more cunning. We'll need to be more compact um, and be ready to break uh, break on them. I, I just think it will help us. We'll be more focused, more you know concerned. It'll be a less friendly environment. Um, we just we just we just fall asleep on uh, at home. We're just terrible at home. I don't know what it is. We just uh, you know we just have we been good at home all season. Well, uh, certainly this year, we just really struggled. Yes, definitely. It was hugely disappointing. From the, um, looking at the at the uh, offensive point of view, yeah, at the, at the attack, that was uh, a big frustration. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, yeah, the players know exactly when they have to play on Sunday afternoon. They know exactly what they have to do. That's what Keith mentioned. We, we, we know in advance how we have to play. And so there should be no lack of motivation. Um, but I, I would like to see uh, some some sort of change in the lineup. When we start again again with uh, with James Milner 
as as left back and Klein on as, as right back, we already know how the game goes like. If Lalana cannot ignite it in midfield, yeah, it's some sort of spark I hope for. But um, with the both both fullbacks being pretty average in terms of basic uh, skills, whoa. There's one one saving grace is that we'll we should have Coutinho, Lalana, uh, both on the pitch, and Firmino, and um, hopefully da- a lot of Daniel Sturridge as well. Um, and yep. you know, they you know they are very very good together. Mental, would, right. you, would you start yep. Sturridge over Origi? Um, it's uh, I'd like to, but it, we know that he'll, he stops running after about forty-five minutes to an hour. He stops running, um, so he ends up getting taken off because of that. So it's a question. It's a it's a toy, coin toss, isn't it? Do you do it? Do you have him at the, uh, the second half of the game and the first half of the game? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because we we probably be a little bit, we might be a little bit conservative in the first half of the game. Okay, conservative, God, at this stage. <laughs> yeah, just to make sure, just to make sure we don't concede, right? Make sure we don't concede. Don't don't lose the game in the first hour. You know, that's European mentality, isn't it? Don't lose the game in the first hour, and then use the time at the end um, when you know perhaps there's a bit of tiredness creeping in, and that's when you really go for it. That's what I that's disagree. I think the European way is the opposite. Score an early goal, goal, yeah. Press hard in the in the first twenty minutes. Score an early goal, withdraw and get them on the counter. So, Christian, would you start Sturridge over? Would you start Sturridge over Divs? Yes, definitely, okay. absolutely. In a tight, uh, we, we all know that, that West Ham will sit deep. We all know that. So, Christian, and, yeah. Christian, yeah, um, yeah, you can see that Klopp is is very afraid of us conceding. Right, yes. and this is for the thing. Reasons. He's this is the reason. Yeah, for very good reasons. So the idea of going balls to the wall early on is kind of—it's not the way he's thinking. I don't believe. I don't think. Um, I think until the, um, until we played Southampton, yes, because of the experience in in, um, in, in earlier games against the, those deep sitting teams, he he was very cautious and that played played um, out positively for a while with the three away wins, but now with Southampton and the points dropped time and again. And um, I think he was very, very um, optimistic about a narrow win. Yeah, with a cautious approach at home and then something like the penalty or a single lucky hit from Coutinho in a set piece, yeah, to get a 1-0 win and we would have been through with the three points. And he was extreme. I think, I, because I saw it, um, an interview of him after the game, a post-match interview in German, and he was—he seemed to be very depressed, ex- deeply frustrated about the drop points there. And um, yeah, I, I think that was um, a bit um, throwing him off the track. And I think he will change. He will change because he knows he—he he knows he—he he cannot waste time again like we did at home, wasting a full 45 minutes for absolutely nothing. And uh, unfortunately, continued that in the second half. He, the, the time is ticking. The clock is ticking against us. We have to score. We have to take the lead, and we have to defend this lead. And you, we know that West Ham and the Slavon Village is, a, is an extremely difficult opponent. Okay, Vez, would you? Um, how about you? Would you start Sturridge over Divs? Yes, I would. Okay. Uh, I think what Christian is saying makes sense. I think. I also think that that we need to score early, and when we do, 
it's not just that they need to come out and chase the results if they are going to come out at all. It's also about our play- players knowing that they have done something and staying calm. Okay. Not panicking and getting the game completely under control. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let me add, add one sentence, Joe. The 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 Southampton the the dropped points the dropped two points against Southampton have have completely changed the big picture. Mm-hmm. Now we are under pressure to score. We cannot play it um, cautiously like we did against Southampton. With the dropped points now, we are under pressure. We have to win, as Keith said in in the beginning of this podcast. We have to win both games. Mm-hmm. If we don't win both games, we are probably out. Because one of those two teams, United or Arsenal, may, will catch us. And United will catch us anyway. Because they have a very, a very easy run out. Even with West Brom, we cannot, we cannot rely on that. We have to win both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we never do things the easy way, do we? Ugh. No. <laughs> now, Gary, we can do this the hard way or the easy way. Or the medium way. Or the semi-medium, easy, hard way. Or the sort of hard with a touch of awkward, easy, difficult, challenging way. So I'm going to ask the same question to the guy who's been supporting um, uh, Divock or Rigi. Keith? Actually, I'm going to surprise you because I don't want to be predictable <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want Sturridge to start. I want Lalana to start. I want Continue to start. I want us to go from ball one. Mm-hmm. then if we can get one up we can sit back mm-hmm. and when Sturridge tires bring Origi on you'll have space to run in behind mm-hmm. that will be better I think if they're going to if West Ham are going to play the same way they did against Spurs and sit deep and frustrate I think Sturridge would be the better better option from the beginning he'll probably only last 30 to 40 minutes maybe the first half Okay, and then when West Ham de- decide to come out and play and want to go for the win, there'll be more space in behind, and that'll be time to bring a on with his pace to get in behind. So I I hope he does start with Sturridge and Lalana, and and just go for it from uh, from 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 the kickoff and see if we can get that early goal to make them come out and play and let them play to our strengths. Then, okay, prediction, Keith. Oh God, I don't even want to call it. I really, uh, I really don't want to call it. We're going to win it. Stuff it. We are going to win it. We have to win it. There's no other option. And I don't give a shit how we win it, as long as we win it. Hold on. Hold on. Just some techni- technical problem. Someone's messing around with their mic or something. It's rubbing a, on a shirt or something like that. I just want to watch that. Well, I, Sorry. I hope it's Sorry, rubbing man. on the shirt. Yeah. It, it's I all coming in through the recording. Yeah, okay. I hope you it's on your shirt. That's rubbing Blame on. FSG. FSG is definitely... <laughs> Responsible for that. Who, who's laughing there? Pay, paying a pound then. Mm. Okay. Um, so, Keith, you, it's a what? Narrow win? Comprehensive win? Walloping? No, no, narrow win. Narrow win. Okay, Vez? Yeah, I'm going to go for that one too. A narrow Hopefully 1-0 one. and that's it. Mm. Okay, Christian? Whenever I have predict, predicted a, a, um, yeah, a comprehensive win, we lost, we drew, we disappointed. So I'm, I'm predicting... Say we lose. We, yes, exactly. <laughs> we are losing the game 2-1. Mm. Bad. 
<laughs> all right, all right. Uh, mental. I'm going to call this. I'm going to call this two one to us. I think it's going to be a Stoke to see again. Okay. It's a hope you don't, they don't score first. We got we got lots of good players on the pitch. We'll have so we've, we'll be able to do something. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating match because they've they've sorted something out defensively, mm-hmm. and so unfortunately they may well have the Wembley Blue or the the Olympic Stadium Blues behind them, mm-hmm. which is so annoying. Get meeting teams <laughs> after the bad runs like Leicester, like Palace, Swansea. Like, yeah, Swansea. Yeah, and there's uh, another one. And now, yeah. And they've all kind of sorted the games out, and then we get to where everyone else just steamrolled them. We have won 20 games and only lost six. It was not that bad, but we're just uh, bashing our players. We're, we're used to that. We love it. Yeah, this is Liverpool. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I can bitch if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, no, I don't think we're bashing our players. I just have a beef with this particular point here. I'm reading on Twitter. Um, people about people moaning and people moaning about moaners. You know, I think we're all in the same family. We're all supporting the team. You know, if you, if people want to just wear rose tinted glasses all the time, yeah, you're welcome to do that. You know, kudos to you. Uh, look, looking past all the negatives and just looking at, see positives all the time and, and uh, smelling all the flowers and all that. But there are some people who expect a little bit more and who are not afraid to speak their mind and, and point out, some critical flaws. That does not mean that they're whinging or they're moaning all the time. And there should be some space, I think, in the discourse for, for both sides um, uh, of the equation. I think we will lose 10 nil. So I'm going to go with Christian. I think we will. I think West Ham are going to wallop us, wallop us by 10 nil. Therefore, we'll win. So I'm going how much do you want to bet, Joe? Huh? Joe, I'm prepared to put some money on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting serious now. Uh, let's move um, to a different topic. topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, um, going to go for another musical break. And when we return, we're going to talk about some news of the club, uh, transfers and uh, all that stuff again. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So I hope um, all this discussion about our summer transfer plans is not going to blow up in our face because um, various people, like, for example, recently James Pierce, has put a number on the amount that um, Klopp would have um, available, uh, you know, for, for transfers. He puts it at £130. I don't know where he gets £130 from. But, um, you know, we're talking about all of these transfer targets like uh, Virgil van Dijk, Nabi. Uh, Keita, uh, uh, Julian Brandt, um, all these people, you know, and we're talking about all these players and the season isn't over. The players even have a player award ceremony. I'm just deathly afraid that this is all going to blow up in our face. So, you know, we're going to risk major ridicule, um, not just from rivals, but even from our own fan base if we miss top four in our top transfer uh, targets. 
Okay, uh, talking about transfer targets, um, Nabi, Kita, um, RB, Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig have said that um, they don't see um, Kita leaving them anytime soon. Is he like an indentured servant over there? Has he signed a contract with his blood or something? He's not a, he is not allowed <laughs> to leave her. <laughs> he's, he's only been there for a year. Um, so he's going to have a long contract. And oh, I think right. he's 22. So he's pretty young. Um, they've just finished second in the league. They've got Champions League football. So, you know, he's in a really good place. Uh, and it, and because, because he's so young, there's no hurry for him to leave. Uh, and, and go somewhere else. Uh, that's mm. that's a real problem for us. So if he's not interested in money, I don't see how we're going to get him. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, it seems that uh, Julian Brandt, we've moved, we're starting to move focus away from um, Julian Brandt, apparently. Um, another target is... Oh, don't, you, don't you just love all these... Inside information. This is as if yeah, Klopp, just before he kisses his wife, he kisses his wife good good night. Picks up the phone and phones this journalist and says, "This is my transfer plans <laughs> for the summer." Because <laughs> everybody's got always, these exclusive. Yeah, they all do that. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've got so many exclusives. Uh, of, of, we've signed so many. Yeah, uh, nobody knows who Klopp wants. We 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 can uh, 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 guess. Excuse me, Keith. Uh, Andy yeah. Heaton. Eaton knows for sure that we're going for VVD. He put a tweet out about it because he's been told <laughs> this Fine. is the Liverpool grapevine. This is the Liverpool grapevine. You you uh, you <laughs> it in your peril. But uh, no, it is it is it is terrible. It, the ITKs, the in the nose. The the city is full of them, and uh, and it's just you know I, I don't think I, I mean there's the broken clock syndrome. You know, one day yeah. someone will get something. But yeah. that's about it. It's a guy that cleans Gerard's toilet's sister's uncle that's told him <laughs> that they're definitely going to Okay, Vez, there's a new name that's been linked to us. Um, interesting one. E- Egyptian Messi, Mohamed Salah. <laughs> Boy, I love those comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is a, something Messi, you know. Or, or here in Serbia, every player is a Serbian somebody. Serbian somebody. Yeah. Would you want? Would do you think um, he's a good target? No, no. Overall, no. Uh, I think he's really? a good player and can do the job. But uh, are we really thinking about uh, getting uh, a player who is supposed to be cover for Mane? Uh, exactly. He's going to be away at the Afcon as well. No, really yeah. ludicrous. So they, they both leave, so what do we do then? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense. No, agree with you, Vess. Okay. Um... I think Mourinho, Mourinho said about him when he went to Chelsea, he said uh, he needs to go away and learn how to play football. So wow. that was Mourinho's opinion of him at 21. Wasn't that what Hazard said about Mourinho as well? He needs to learn how to play football as well. Well, Hazard said about Mourinho. Yeah, didn't you? You remember, <laughs> he plays anti-football. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I know I missed and, that. <laughs> no, you, you missed that. He, Hazard said he plays anti-football and Marina had a big go at Hazard and then got fired a bit later. Okay. Um, uh, Alex Oxlard-Chamberlain, he's now injured again. And no, what a surprise. What a surprise. <clears throat> Never happened. 
crazy. Keep buying all these injury-prone players. Yeah, I did wonder. Uh, I did, yeah, this is, that'd be, be like Arsenal buying them pre-injured. You know, so save us the trouble of injuring them ourselves. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. Let's sell Arsenal uh, storage. <laughs> yeah, but I did wonder. I, I wondered about Ox. I wondered about Ox because he likes because uh, he likes our central midfielders to take the ball forwards quickly. Mm-hmm. I wondered if uh, Ox might fit as a central midfielder for Klopp. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not even lukewarm on on him. Yeah. I think he'd rather break the bank on a Cater type player than an Ox Chamberlain type player. I hope so. Yeah, you know this this thing with um, uh, Van Dyke. Do you guys really think that we'll we're going to go for such a player and spend this amount of money? I mean, the most recent one I, I I've read uh, tweet or something some, uh, again from Paul Joyce again says that um, they are willing to pay anything, whatever um, Southampton are asking for Van Dyke. And, and match whatever wages. It seems like, you know, we've, we're now suddenly throwing caution to the wind and decide to throw money at people and, and persuade them to join Liverpool. Um, and we're talking about Van Dyke now with such intensity for what? This is the sixth, five, fifth or sixth or seventh show even, or even since, since the start of the year. Um, you know, I think, I think all we can say about that, Joe, is this. If Klopp thinks Van Dijk is the missing piece, and that's a big if, if Klopp yeah. thinks Van Dijk is what we need and who we got, we must throw the checkbook at him and get him. So there's no more excuses. And I think we will. Now, uh, you think we will? Okay, I, I, you think we will? Okay. If, okay if, that's good. I agree with Keith when, when he says if Klopp thinks that is the, the, the piece missing in that defense, then I think we will spend Okay. I think as far as the spending, with the spending, you got to remember we're selling Sacco. So actually, whatever the price is, it'll basically be half the cost. Because, um, you know, if we get 25 to 30 for uh, Sacco, that'll go towards it, essentially. Um, so it'll cost us 20 million to get Van Dijk. So we sell Sacco yeah. for 30 million and we spend... Yeah. Uh, given. I'd say if Klopp wants Van Dijk, write the check. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the thing the thing we've got the the world we're in now is John Stones cost uh, what fifty million, didn't he? Forty eight million. Yeah, he cost. Yeah, he Sorry? cost. For, yeah, yeah, you're so right. Th- that's the problem. That's the problem. And in the any decent and and Koulibaly, uh, from Napoli um, is quoted as sixty million euros, I think, because um, uh, uh, Chelsea tried to get him last summer. Um, so you know the decent centre backs suddenly have a price set now. The um, uh, Eric Bailly went for 33 million to United, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, there's Bailly's, There's one guy on our on 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 uh, mm-hmm. who talks about Musacchio, um, mm-hmm. who was Bailly's partner mm-hmm. uh, down in Seville, mm-hmm. and reckoned that he was a decent shout. Uh, so that would be interesting. I don't know anything about him though. You think we will only buy one centre back? In the summer. One yeah, centre. good enough. Yes, I do as well. Especially when yeah. you've got Gomez coming through. The problem, the problem Klopp has, is he has to invest again um, in the attack and the wings 
because he mentioned that. I mean, that's one of the very few things we really know about Klopp's intentions. He mentioned that very early in the season that it lacks wingers. Yeah. Uh, okay, before, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, before I forget, uh, since we mentioned Sarko, obviously he's, he's not, his season is over. Um, he's, not, uh, he's played his last game for Palace, that is if yeah. they don't buy him. Uh, Markovic is also out uh, for Hull, so we've got um, two of our unknown players out for the count with regards to injuries. Um, but coming back to the centre-back situation, there was another name that was link, linked to us, um, not a very sexy name, Michael Keane. Michael Keane from Burnley. And everyone's uh, going, oh, yeah, sexy name. No one really cares. Um, but in, even then, even then, um, Keane, Michael Keane, says that, um, you know, he's, he's um, waiting to see if Liverpool uh, will, will play in the Champions League. <laughs> what? I don't even want a person named Keane playing for Liverpool. It, it, it actually offends me. Even if he is a, a distant relative of Roy Keane, anything with a Keane name, I don't want anywhere near Liverpool shirt. He's also an ex-United player. Yeah, right? exactly. So they, they, uh, That's right. Uh, and, and he's a United fan. I mean, there's just no way. Absolutely no way. Yeah, um, the, I, gonna... I think Carragher's point was a good one. He said um, that these, you know, they, we need to upgrade with the centre-backs, not get another backup. We've got plenty oh. of backups. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, didn't and, he equate uh, him to Lovren or something like that? Uh, he, said, well, he said he's no better than anyone we've got. And really, they need, yeah. we need better in certain characteristics. So uh, it does explain the uh, wanting to go all out for a, a VVD or, or equivalent. And then, of course, there's this um, continue to Barcelona rumour that doesn't want to die. Um, Klopp squashed Spanish that book. this week. Hey? Klopp squashed that this week. Yeah. It just seems that the Spanish yes. press just seems to be up to something, you know, and they're always trying to, to, to get players or maybe even Barcelona through alternative channels, you know, try to exert pressure on the, um, on the, on the club. To, to, uh, to Coutinho's credit, other than getting his car's car window smashed at <laughs> the player awards, um, said that, you know, he wants... Oh, that's going to make him want to stay, yeah. Well done, Liverpool fan. Yeah. That's going to make Coutinho yeah. really feel at home. But maybe he was an Everton yeah. fan. Maybe he was an Everton fan, you know. Yeah. FSG. Yeah, yeah he's FSG. Blame FSG. Blame FSG. But to his credit, I'd he said that he wants too. to win uh, medals like, um, you know, the Liverpool legends in his speech uh, when, you know, he, he, you know at, at the awards. So... Uh, he's not saying anything that would doubt his commitment to to the club. But this 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 rumor is stench that just doesn't want to go away, you know. No, he has a, he yeah, has he has reached a certain level of attraction for for Southern European and uh, Southern American media, and with uh, with uh, his his very very good performances lately in in the Brazilian national team, and so every do- man and his dog there, yeah, talks about potential moves. Mm-hmm. which is very normal there. We should not be too concerned about that because he signed a, a five-year contract without any release clause. And with that, he has, in fact, um, given a clear test, um, yeah, statement about his, his, his intentions. He wants to go here and win trophies. If we fail and we create a disaster like, like Rogers in, in uh, 1415, 
and everybody becomes depressed and needs uh, therapy mm. or whatever. And then <laughs> therapy. The picture will, yes, I mean, look like that. Uh, so finally, then the picture will change dramatically and very quickly. But as long as we are going forward and we are still progressing, mm, mm. Yeah? We're, we are really progressing. And we have progressed and the playing side. I think I think if we don't make Champions League, uh, we're going to come under tremendous pressure. I think so too. For me, it would That's be right. a, yeah, it would be yes, a disaster, right. honestly speaking. Okay, guys, um, thank you. Uh, I wish we could continue our chat, but uh, we've just run out of time. Thank you very much for all of your views, your opinions, your analysis, and for all of your bad really really bad jokes <laughs> thank you to everyone oh, listening oh, oh, into the show. yeah yeah go I ahead i hope we go I, I hope we go for lucas mora then eric's got two lucases to blame <laughs> <laughs> nice one thanks keith thanks two lucases walking to a bar or stuff like that yeah <laughs> all right thanks keith thanks vez thanks mental thanks christian yeah lovely chat cheers, joke. yeah cheers, let's everyone. hope cheers, um, guys. up the reds let's cheers, hope we get a good result this thanks weekend and take care and good night good night bye-bye